Hello and welcome to the Lean Line podcast. Chris here. I hope you're doing well and keeping safe. And we are back with another episode where we get to know a familiar face from the world of Scottish women's football. And this time out, I'm joined by one of our country's rising stars. She currently plays for SWPL one side Spartans and is captain of the Scotland under-17 side. I'm delighted to welcome Robin McCafferty onto the podcast. Robin, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. I am delighted that you're here as well. So we're off to a good start. Excellent. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, let's get the kind of the pleasantries out of the way first of all. Um, weird, weird few months. I think it's probably fair to say. How have the last few months been for you? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's certainly been unique. It's been it's been challenging to to say the least. But um, I think you know we're excited now, and um, that we're that we're finally getting back into obviously the fourth of April. We're we're starting again. So, and I think hopefully this time it will be um, a little bit more sort of sure. Since we're we're testing out, it shouldn't be as, as start stop as it has been in the last few months. But yeah, certainly we're we're definitely happy to be back and wasn't to, to be back on the pitch. Well, let's talk about the testing a wee bit. I've done a couple of tests because I've had to for for things uh, in the past. How have you found the the testing experience uh, so far? <laughs> I mean, it's it isn't the most pleasant thing, as I'm sure I'm sure you'll agree. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think the first time was probably was probably the worst one because you've you've heard so much about it, and you know I'd managed to not have to get tested from from throughout the whole sort of a lockdown. So it was just you know a few weeks ago, and I was, you hear everything about it, and you hear everyone talking about how bad it is. So I think I was I, think I was a bit nervous, but to be fair, as soon as the first one was out of the way, I kind of knew what to expect and sort of braced myself for it. So I don't think I'm getting used to it, but it's certainly certainly not as bad now. Yeah, I think somebody said to me it's like tickling your brain. Like if, they, it, if it feels like you're touching your brain and you're doing it right. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I was like, I didn't even think you could like go up that far, but it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a, a unique experience to, to say the least. Yeah, we'll, we'll stop talking about touching brain. I think that's <laughs> probably better ground for a podcast. Um, in terms of like how you've kept yourself ticking over, because obviously the season started in October and we got, got through to December. And at that time, as far as we knew, it would be coming back in January as normal. Obviously that hasn't happened so have you kept yourself kind of ticking over over those last kind of few months? Yeah I think uh, we were talking about this the other day um, just with a few of the girls at Spartans and we were talking about how sort of we found um, this one this time a lot more a lot more difficult than the, the first one even though it was it was significantly shorter I think it was because the first one it was kind of sort of new to everyone and we didn't really know what to expect and you thought oh well you know it shouldn't be too bad we'll be back and also it kept sort of getting pushed pushed back but um, I think this one, I think because we'd, you know, we've been told, we'd, we'd, you know, sort of prepared for it to be, oh, it's fine, like, it's that's us now, like, no more stopping, and then for it to be stopped again, and then this time you were told, obviously, it's three weeks, but you kind of go, right, I think we're going to have to prepare for it to be a wee bit longer than three weeks, just because of everything that's happening, but, yeah, I think um, in terms of Spartans, we tried to, tried to do two, three Zoom sessions a week, um, where we're still getting that contact with each other, which I think was really important because, um, you know, as for anyone, for everyone that's, you know, it, we've all had to go through this and it can be pretty lonely at times. And I think it was really important that we got those Zoom sessions in so that we could, you know, at least get to talk to each other and we're still communicating with each other as a way of, you know, making sure that we're all, you know, we are still a team. And even if we're not seeing each other, we're still being able to sort of do things together. Um, but obviously, apart from that, I had to do a lot of, stuff um myself a lot of running um which you know wasn't wasn't the most fun I think um 
it's a lot easier when you're when you're running with with people or it, you're, you're sort of playing football at the same time but to just sort of be yourself it can be quite hard to stay motivated but yeah a lot of running a lot of workouts um did uh, Scotland to set up uh, some Zoom, Zoom sessions as well in the past few months so got to see um well, at least speak to, to the girls there and the coaches there so yeah I think we're maybe more prepared for this one because we'd we'd, we'd sort of been through it before but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was pretty difficult. Uh, do you think the biggest miss has been that kind of? I know that for me personally, like my life is very much like making contact with other people almost on a daily basis, and to have had that taken away for last time, it's been pretty tough. Is that something you think has been probably outside of playing the football part of it? Do you think that's been the biggest miss for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think you go from you know seeing girls every day, twice a day. Um, from from training the morning before school and then training uh, after school with Spartans and you know you go from from seeing them every day and, and spending hours playing football with them to then go to like not seeing anyone it was it's was certainly um, really quite challenging I think it, everyone that I've spoke to and, and everyone at Spartans and, and at Scotland has, has found it the same you know it was that whole you know you're seeing them all the time and then suddenly you're 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 seeing them through a computer screen so yeah, it was certainly challenging. I think as well, it's, you know, when you're doing your training, it can be hard to stay motivated when when you're just yourself and you've not got people to bounce off of. But um, so I think that's probably what what was probably the best thing about coming back. You know, if we're forgetting sort of the football side, to it, it was just being able to have contact with with people and and being able to see them, and it's not not being through on a on a computer screen, which is which is good. What was that first? training session like as well because it's not it wasn't a case of you went back and everything's back to normal so like what was that first session back did it feel weird like how was it yeah definitely I think um like I think just seeing each other like before we even got onto the pitch when we seen each other it was just it was so nice to see people you know face to face and um obviously you know even though we're still getting tested we need to be so careful um you know because as if, if we're not full time so you know, there's people I'm still having to go into school sometimes and the girls are still, you know, working nine till five. So, you know, it's not, it's not just, it's not a, you know, like a professional team where it's like, these are the only people you're seeing, you know, obviously we're all keeping our, our, our bubbles as, as small as we possibly can, but, you know, the, the girls still need to go to work. We still need to go to school. Um, so it's impossible just to, to have us as a bubble and, and that's it. So, we do have to be really careful. Um, so off the pitch, we still social distance. Um, when we go there, we're not we're not going inside. We're not using changing rooms. Um, when we go in and before training, we sit in the stands and we all sit on on seats that are two meters apart. And um, you know, on the pitch, we can we can we don't have to social distance. Obviously, when we're we're playing, but you know, it's it's not the same. You know, you I think we we found it like not being in the changing room and having the banter, having the music on before games and stuff like that. Like it, it is, it is very different, but I think, you know, we're prepared to do everything that we can as long as um, we're, we're getting to, to be on the pitch. Stuff. Let's say, uh, like one of the things I always like to do is do a bit of a, like a football origin story when I, when I speak to players. Now you're, a lot, you're quite a bit younger than me, actually, <laughs> let's be totally honest. Um, so I'm really interested to get your take because you're, you're probably part of the kind of generation that has had the, the women's kind of national team in particular kind of to look up to because they've had success over these kind of last five, six, seven years. So for you, I mean, my, my first question is, what's your kind of first memory of kind of kicking a ball about? 
Um, so for me, I think I've, ever since I could kind of walk, I was always I was always kicking a football about. Like my dad, um, massive massive football fan, and he was always taking me to the Dunfermline games. Um, it was our local team who we support, and um, I just remember I think the first time it was my mum and dad had actually taken my brother, my older brother, um, who's three years older than me. They took him um, to like a mini kickers class when he was younger. And um, I remember standing like outside because I wasn't allowed to go in. I think I was only like three or four. And I just remember like kicking a football off my dad like outside of the, the pitch. And um, I think they quickly realised that my brother was was not into football at all. Um, and then, uh, but I don't think they lost hope of having someone that at least liked football. Because <laughs> um, I, was, I was sitting there and I was playing. And um, I remember the coach coming over to my dad and being like, oh, like obviously we see that your daughter is like, wants to play football would she be interested in coming along to like the younger class so that's the the first sort of memories I've got was was kicking a ball outside when my brother was supposed to be playing and then I think a few days after that I'd started going to mini kickers and yeah kind of that's where it all started. Your dad saw the opportunity so your name and lights coming and thought I'm going to grab this while I this can. That's it he was he was he was pretty disappointed when my when my, my brother was there and he was running like the opposite way from everyone else and <laughs> running away from the ball and I think he thought oh no and then I started playing I think yeah I think he, he got pretty excited he was like oh finally at least we've got one of them that at least likes football so I think he was pretty happy. So where so where did you get started then in terms of like playing for kind of clubs and, and youth teams where, where is it you got started? Yeah so after um, many kickers I was there for like a few years and then um, I think the coach sort of said oh you're playing for a team and I was like oh no I'm, I'm not and obviously I was playing at like school and stuff like that in the playground with the boys um, but then he was like oh I, like I know a coach at, at Crossgates who was like a local boys team and um, they had a 2003 team and I was like oh yeah that's, that's perfect so um, went along there and um, started started there and really enjoyed it and then I think I was there for maybe a few years and then when I was about eight um I'd, I'd been asked to go to Hibs Hibs girls and then um from there obviously went from under nines to to playing for the under 23s and I was there for about for um sort of seven eight years and um and then moved to Spartans so yeah that was that's kind of um how I got into it started with the local boys team and then um, when I first sort of started training with Hibs, I was still um, playing and training with both teams. So I remember one night I'd, I'd finished training with Hibs and then shot right across back over the bridge and, and Crossgates had had a game. So I remember training for an hour and a half and then coming straight to, to a game and, and playing for an hour. So, yeah, I really enjoyed playing with the, the, the boys team. And um, obviously I had to I had to stop because, you know, it was, it was getting a wee bit too much and um, we were driving about the place every day, going to training, and um, so yeah. Then I, I went to Hibs, and you know I was I was really enjoying it. Hibs must have been a, a pretty cool place to be playing at, at that age, because the number of players that have come through that Hibs academy over the last few years, even recently, when you look at players like Jamie Lee, who's obviously gone down to to Chelsea's now and loan at Birmingham. It must have been pretty inspiring, like looking at some of the players that you could have could have been following. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I first signed, like I didn't really um, know anyone, like I didn't really know what was kind of what I was I was getting into, and then um, it helped, they always encouraged like the younger players to be ball girls for the the first team. So I remember like being like seven eight years old and going being a ball girl for the first team, and um, obviously seeing the like these players coming through and just watching them week in week out and getting to know them as well because they were always so good with me, like everyone them. 
that that was there and when you see like where they are now like the likes of like Abby Harrison and like Jamie Lee and um you know Caroline Weir players like that that you know I was I was ball girling from it's funny the other week I was cleaning up my room and um <laughs> it was it was a Hibs v Spartans game I had a I found a program for it and I was obviously a ball girl at the time <laughs> I remember looking at like the Hibs squad there's like Simone and Dion were playing who are now like my teammates at Spartans and then a lot of the girls at, at Spartans are still there so it's crazy to think that you know a few years ago I was I was being a ball girl for them and now now we're in the same team like it's it's crazy but um yeah it was it was so good at Hibs like I learned so much being there and watching these players that that you see now that are going on and playing professionally and doing so well um yeah it's, it was it was such an amazing experience for me who uh, who who are your kind of football heroes inspirations as you as you kind of Go, go through the game from when you were younger up until now. Yeah, so when when I was younger, I, I think um, for me, like my favourite player was actually Kaká, uh, the Brazilian player. Um, I think just just watching him play and um, just the things that he could do, he was so, you know, technically gifted. He was so talented. But I think, you know, off the pitch, every, every time that like, you see interviews and things like that, and he was just, he was such a humble guy and he just, he worked hard and, you know, he was never involved in anything. He just kept his head down and he'd work hard. And I think, um, you know, he was, I think he was the first player that I kind of really enjoy watching. And then as I grew up, obviously started to to watch uh, and hear more about the women's game and like likes of Steph Houghton. Um, I was watching her obviously as, as a centre half myself. She was a player that, you know, I looked up to and I think, um, I, think I still do. And, um, you know, players like uh, Kirsty Smith, Abby Harrison, players that, you know, I was lucky to to get to train with a few times at Hibs, and because um, obviously, like grow, grow, growing up and um, playing, I got to train with them a few times and being a ball girl for them. And um, I remember sort of Willie Kirk had asked me; he was still at Hibs at the time, and um, Chris Roberts, and they'd asked me to come and and train with them. And I think I was only maybe sort of thirteen, fourteen, so I was I was so nervous. But I remember going and. The girls were so good with me and um the likes of like Abby Harrison probably sticks out for me. She was always so good with me, um, both on and off the pitch. So uh, yeah, just players like that, I think players that I've had sort of personal experiences with, but even players that I haven't, you know, but I think as well for me, Caroline Weir is a big uh, a big inspiration for me. Obviously she's from Dunfermline, where I'm from, so we hear about her quite a lot and she's a Dunfermline fan, so um she's always like uh, like a guest at the games and stuff like that. But I just think she's such a technically gifted player and I think she's probably one of the best in the WSL right now. And it's so it's good to see her getting the, the recognition that she deserves. She's always been a sort of a, an inspiration for me, definitely. There's the, the, the mural in Dunfermline for Callings beside an Indian restaurant, isn't it? it? Is. is that a takeaway? Is that a restaurant? Uh, it's it's, it's um, just on the side of the, the Indian the Indian <laughs> takeaway, which is, is Pratt. I remember driving past there the first time, like around when the World Cup was going on and, Mum was like, oh, we need to stop. So she like stopped in the middle of the road and everyone was like looking. She's like, you need to get a photo. You need to get a photo outside of it. So I was like standing there. I've got a photo like next to it. So everyone was like looking, going, what's going on? But <laughs> mum was like, oh, you have to get a photo. But yeah, I pass it quite a lot. And um, again, that's just it's so inspiring to see like her doing so well. And I, as I said, I think she's probably one of the best players in the WSL right now. And, um, you know, her being from Dunfermline and, um, hearing like what people have, have to say about her, she's such a humble and um, hardworking girl, and and she clearly deserves everything that she's she's getting. 
Absolutely. So, um, obviously, at Hibs, you're now at Spartans. So, what 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 happened there? Well, how did the how did you move to Spartans come about? Yeah, so obviously I was at Hibs for for a long time. I was there since I was about eight, and um, I was pushing to the to the under twenty threes team, and you know I was really enjoying. It was never a case of you know I, I stopped enjoying it or anything like that. Like I enjoyed my time at Hibs, and I enjoyed every second of it, and I owe so much to that club and the coaches and the girls and. Um, everyone there um, but I think it was you know I'd been there for so long and I think I think it was time for a change and you know I wanted a new challenge and I think I'd spoke to to Spartans the year before um, when Paul Gregg was the manager and you know I was really tempted then but I think I was still like 14 so I thought you know maybe I'll, I'll give myself another year at Hibs playing youth football and then see what happens the next year and um, obviously Debbie uh, became the manager and um, she uh, the, the club had said that they'd, they'd um, had interest and they, they wanted me to sign and um, I thought obviously like this is a, a really good um, you know this would be a really good experience for me and uh, so like I, I spoke to her and I, I remember her telling me to come along to training and it's hard to explain but like as soon as I kind of went within like 10 minutes of, of just being there and being around the club and in and around the, the sort of atmosphere that, that the club has uh, I kind of knew that that was where I wanted to go and um, I knew it was going to be, you know, difficult for me um, being so young and trying to, you know, work my way into the squad, especially, you know, I'd never had any experience of really playing SWPL1 before. Uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to give myself that challenge. I wanted to challenge myself. I knew that um, training and competing against uh, players with, with so much more experience and players that, you know, have played professionally around the world and, um, I wanted to challenge myself against some of the top players in the country and I knew that going there I'd have to work so hard to try and fit into the squad and um, I think that was probably what, what I wanted and I, and I really sort of wanted that challenge to try and push myself and, and improve. What um, what was that kind of first first start like? So obviously going from Hibs uh, under 23 so obviously the development sides have kind of been disbanded and they're and moved into performance arm. We won't get into that logistics because <laughs> but it was that kind of jumping standard for you, like from that under twenty three, the head under twenty threes to kind of playing for Spartans in SWPL one. Yeah, it was a, it was a big jump. It was. Um, I think you know when in in that league that that we were in at Hibs twenty threes, um, a lot of the teams we were playing against, you know, it was it was more of a hobby for a lot of the girls, and um, which was which was brilliant, which was great that we that we had so many girls. You know, still playing the game and and wanting to do it as a hobby, but I think you know, for me, I wanted to try and you know, I want to try and make this a career, and um, I want to try and play professionally one day, and um, yeah, I think it was a it was quite a big jump. You know, you go from from playing with girls who you know have played for a while, and it's always sort of been a hobby for them, and then to go and you know, I remember sitting on the sitting on the bench when we were playing Glasgow City, and you know, seeing all the the current Scotland players. You know, Lee Alexander, Joe Love, Leanne Crichton, and I was just thinking, you know, I've I've watched these girls on the TV, and now you know I'm I'm playing against them, and I think you know that was a real a real challenge, and I think that again, that's probably a reason why I wanted to to come to Spartans and you know challenge myself against these players because I know that you know playing against the best in the country is what's going to push me to to become better and you know I learned so much from the girls at Spartans and you know they've had a lot of different experiences and they're they're constantly you know giving me advice and sharing their experiences with me which um you know I've learned so much and I think it's really benefited me but yeah it was certainly quite a big jump 
um, to to sort of from the under twenty three side to then playing, you know, against some of the the best players in the country. It was it was pretty mad, but yeah, it was it was really exciting, and you know, I still sort of pinch myself when I when I'm coming up against players that you know play for Scotland and and play for their country, you know, professionally. It's yeah, it's exciting, but it's it's certainly a a good challenge for me. Well, I, I'm going to ask you a question that I wasn't planning to ask you, but it's, it's popped into my head as you've been speaking there, and it's about to do with like the Euro, the Euros, and the World Cup, and obviously Scotland qualifying for those tournaments. As a young player, you've already mentioned the fact that you get to kind of sit on a bench or play in the same park as some of these players. What did that? What did that do for you? Those games like that, that big send off at Hamden, or like seeing Scotland at a World Cup. How for you as a young player? What did that mean to you? And like, how did it help? I'm guessing inspire you, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's so inspiring. Um, I, I was at the the, the game uh, at Hamden against Jamaica, and I think even just to sort of be there and to to see you know eighteen and a half thousand people like in Hamden to watch to watch these girls, and it was it was so inspiring because I remember being at the at the games before, and I think you know the record attendance before that was was like under five thousand, just under five thousand. So. To go from five thousand being there, to then, you know, seeing eighteen and a half thousand people cheering on the girls is was was incredible for for me and for um all the young players and especially you know as well when they, they qualified for the World Cup and um when they went off to the World Cup I think it was it was amazing to see the sort of change in support for them and how many people got involved and you know started watching them and you know how many people were went and, and supported them at the World Cup and to see how, how it really brought people together and, and the nation seemed to just come together to, to support the girls and it was it was quite emotional. I remember uh, standing um, while the, the national anthem was played and just looking around at, at all these people there to, to watch the girls. It was it was quite emotional and I think for for me and for all the young girls that, that, that want to do that in the future, I think it was just so inspiring and it was a really really special woman and I think the, the the success of the national team is is really encouraging girls to, to to take up football which I think is is brilliant. No absolutely I completely agree and you'll know yourself playing for Spartans that on a Sunday in the SWPL you won't get 18,000 people turning up very often so. Not uh, quite. <laughs> not quite um, but uh, let's let's talk about um, let's talk about Scotland actually let's talk about Scotland. You obviously been involved in the set up Pretty much from under 15s on below that, or is that that kind of been you? What's what's been your path there? Yeah, so I think um, so we started like regionals, um, which is obviously the, the the regions and the the you get picked for that and you you train every week and then you go to a national camp where um, all the teams are and you play against them and you train and that's where all the sort of the national um, the national coaches are and they watch the games and. Um, I think I was, I think I was like 13, um, it was my first year and I think at that point at the, at the national camp I was still playing like seven asides so I think like nationals camp was kind of my first sort of taste of 11 aside football so it was quite you know a big jump and then um, I remember sort of enjoying it so much and then getting home and a few weeks later like my dad had said that he got an email and it was from from the you know it's from Scotland under 15s to, to go to a training camp and I just couldn't believe it like I was so excited for me like ever since I started playing football like my dream was to, to play for Scotland and 
Um, so I started uh, with first camp when I was 13 with the under 15s and then um, moved through to the, the, the age groups under 15s, under 16s and um, then went to the under 17s and then was was lucky enough to, to get some uh, experience with the under 19s as well and going to the Euros. So yeah, it's been it's been a fantastic experience. I've loved every second of being in in the the youth squads, and and hopefully we can get back to it soon. Um, you are, as I mentioned at the start, the under seventeens captain at the moment. What what does it be like? I I can't imagine ever captain in Scotland at anything. I don't know what I could captain Scotland at. But what <laughs> is it, so what was it like for you to to captain Scotland even at under seventeen level? What was it? What's it feel like? Yeah, it's it's such an honour. Like. Um, as I said, ever since I wanted to play football, like people would ask me, oh, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a footballer. I'd always say to everyone, oh, I want a captain Scotland. Like that was the one thing I'd say to everyone um, that asked. And I think the, the first time I'd ever captained the squad was at under 15s. And I remember getting getting on the bus to go to training and the coach went, oh, come here. And, and I, was, I was pretty scared. I was sitting at the front and I was going, oh, no, what's going on? She's like, oh, like we, we want you to to captain the squad this week, and like it was it was just such a proud moment. Like it was something that you know I I dreamed of for so long, and to to be able to achieve that, it you know with the 15s at, at a young age, it was it's such a surreal experience for me. And um, you know, every time I, I I put the jersey on, it's it's such a proud moment. But to have that the, the captain's armband on as well, it's it's, it's just so special and it's such a proud moment for me and it's it's definitely something I'll never forget and I'm so grateful to, to have the opportunity to have been able to do that and hopefully continue to do that. Yeah, I mentioned uh, the, the under-19 Euros as well. How good was that summer, by the way, in terms of weather? Like, I think a uh, factor 50 every day, I think I had on at that, that point. But how was that, like, to be involved in a, a Scotland squad that, like, a major, it's a major tournament. Um, like, how, yeah. how did the, how did that feel to be part of all that? And especially, obviously, it was in Scotland. There was good crowds that turned up for those Scotland games as well. I remember being in them. Yeah, it was. It was honestly, it was such an un, like unreal experience. Like, it was so surreal. Um, I remember like getting the email to sort of um, invite me along to the the. I've been selected for the the training camp, so it was six Saturdays uh, before we went away, and I just can't remember thinking. Oh why like why am I here? How how has this happened? And I sort of couldn't believe I even got into to that. And even just throughout those those six weeks, like I learned so much from the players around me. And um, like obviously I was I was playing with like so like Jamie Lee and Amy Muir and, and and players like that. And you know I was still obviously like pretty young at the time. I was like I was, I think I got the call um to say that I was selected for the for the team to go to the Euros. I think I got the call the day after my 16th birthday. So I remember like the the, the phone ringing and I was so nervous, but I, I, I kind of told myself that Robin, like you're, you're young, like you're not going to get in, but it's fine. Like this experience has just been, you know, so valuable anyway. And then when Pauline told me that, you know, I was going to be in the squad to go, I just, on it, I couldn't believe it. Like I could not believe it. And the whole experience was, was so amazing. And I learned so much being there with from with the team and um you know the teams we played against just watching them and seeing the level that you know that Scotland wanted to be at and we were able to compete you know with like the likes of France um so yeah it was just such an amazing experience and I'm so grateful for for that opportunity again it's one that that I'll I'll never forget and that I'll I'll hold close to me 
The uh, the draws for the under seventeens and under nineteens have been made quite recently. So are you are you expecting to be in under seventeen in terms of I say for the European qualifiers, isn't it? Um, that are coming yeah. up. Um, are you expecting to be in the under seventeens and hoping for the under nineteens? Are you are you, are you kind of hoping to to push on from from the under seventeen squad? What's what's your thoughts at the moment? Yeah, well, I, um, I think you know that when we went away before, that was going to be my last trip with the seventeens because I'm too old now to to play for them. So. Um, the the our last trip that was supposed to go ahead that unfortunately got cancelled that was going to be the the last sort of involvement with the seventeens so and then um, this year obviously was supposed to be going into the nineteens but obviously we've lost lost a bit of of time there so I think a lot of the girls like older girls like the likes of Michaela and things like that have have moved on now so it's now the 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 two thousand three and two thousand fours that are going to be in the, the under nineteens team for for the next. Um, the next campaign so yeah obviously working hard to, to hopefully be able to to make the 19 squad and um, yeah it's just it's uh, that's you know giving me something to really push um, push myself and work hard to make sure that um, I have I give myself the best possible chance of, of getting into that squad. Uh, it's Netherlands, Austria and Ukraine. Uh, has it been decided where the games have been played yet? Because uh, for people that don't know for the for this round of the the qualifying campaign, it tends to be one one country that kind of hosts all the games. Yeah, um, I don't think it has been. Um, so I think we're still waiting to to find that out. But yeah, it's certainly a a tough draw, and but it's 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 exciting and um, to you know for us, we want to play against the top the top teams. Um, that's that's how we're going to get better, and we want to challenge and we want to be able to compete. I think sometimes. Um, Scotland as a whole are sort of you know branded as the underdogs and you know we're here to make up the numbers but you know in the last few years we've we've proved that you know we're not there to make up the numbers we want to compete and we want to challenge ourselves um against these against these top teams and um through through playing these teams that's how we're going to learn and how we're going to improve so yeah we're we're excited uh, going back to domestic stuff, obviously, SWPL back, 4th of April, as you mentioned earlier on. Uh, Hibs, feels like you play Hibs pretty much every time football has to come back at the moment, if I, <laughs> especially the last couple of yeah. years or so. Um, how, do you, how do you assess the kind of first kind of part of the season uh, for Spartans? How do you, how do you think Yeah, it's certainly. It does feel like we're, we're always playing Hibs. That's always the first game is, is Hibs, and it's like, oh, we've, we've had a week off. The first, first time we're coming back, it's Hibs. But, um, yeah, I think... Um, we obviously had quite a quite a difficult start to the season. Um, a few tough tough games straight off the straight off the bat. But um, you know, although we didn't get the result in those those first few games, I think you know we did prove again we are there to compete and that we're not just there to sit mid table, sit you know below the, the the top four as you like. Um, that we do want to challenge these teams and we do want to compete. And I think. You know, given the, the the results that we got against Hibs, um, Rangers, and Celtic in the first the first three games, you know, we did compete with them, and I think it, we're probably quite unlucky with some of the results that we got. I think we could have maybe taken, you know, a few points, and and we've been unlucky to sort of um, sort of just miss out on those. But I think, you know, we were happy with the way that we were playing. Um, you know, we were we were competing, we we're creating chances against these teams, and we really were making it making it difficult for them. So I think, you know, although we didn't maybe get the results that we that we feel like we deserved, we were certainly, you know, playing some good football. And then obviously we started to pick up some some good results towards the end. And 
um, you know, we felt like we had good momentum, momentum. We felt like we were on a good run and then obviously it got stopped again. But, um, you know, we're back now and in the last few weeks of training, we, you know, we felt good. We felt more confident. Um, we obviously had a friendly on on Sunday against Hibs and um, we felt like, you know, we were competing well and um, that, you know, we're ready for the season to start and we want to go out and, and really prove to these teams that, that Spartans are here to compete and we're not just there to to sit and and sit behind you know what what people would classify as the, the sort of top top four teams. When you see like some of the investment that's now coming into six, obviously Rangers and Celtic are the big ones in terms of we both know and people listen to this will know some won't maybe won't know that for a long time Rangers and Celtic were just I mean Spartans would beat Rangers and Celtic and it wouldn't be yeah. unusual. Um, when you see like that kind of money coming into the league, do you go? It's, it'll be cool because it's going to raise the profile. But obviously, as you say, gives you a bigger challenge as a, as a player at Spartans. Just yeah, exactly. Well. Obviously, um, you know these teams that, that you sell at your Rangers, they're training a lot more now. They're training uh, professionally. They're training full time. So, you know, um, they're they're seeing each other a lot. They're working uh, with each other a lot, and they've obviously got um, the, the funding and the facilities to do so. And you know, they're they're doing really well. And um, I think. You know, at first, when you sort of heard about these things, you could have one or one of two reactions. You'd kind of, you could kind of go, oh, well, hold on a minute, this isn't fair. You know, there's some teams that are professional, some teams aren't. How is, you know, how is this going to work? But I think for me and for the rest of the girls, it was kind of seen as, you know, this is what can really improve the standard of the game. Um, I think, you know, seeing, seeing these teams become professional is only going to encourage and sort of push the other teams to, to, to follow in the same path. I think to be able to s- sustain the, the, the competitiveness of the league, you know, everyone's going to have to raise their standards. And I think that's that's the best thing that can happen for the, for the game in Scotland. I think, you know, when you look down south, certainly over the years, you know, I've, uh, that I've been growing up, you know, it's, it's such a competitive league now there. And there's players coming all over the world to, to play in England and in Scotland because they know that it's, it's, a, it's a really good standard. So I think, you know, having these teams that, that have that professional um, sort of label is, is really just going to push the game. Um, and I think in, inspire people to, to start playing football. You're seeing that, as I said, there are players, you know, moving from, from, from all over the world to, to come and play in Scotland because, you know, they want to challenge themselves. They want to um, you know, to play in, in, in this country. And I think that's only going to push and encourage teams to do the same. And I think it's just going to raise the standard of the league, which is, is really exciting. What are you um, what are you looking to try and achieve in the this, this second part of the season? Have you got set yourself any personal goals at all outside of obviously making sure Spartans are up as high up the table as possible? Yeah, I think for me, obviously, um, it, so at the start of the season, the first seven games, you know, I was getting... I was getting good game time. I think, you know, I played I played a lot. I was starting I was starting games and I think for me is just to try and um to keep that, to try and keep my, my place in the team, get as many minutes as possible and um just try and do the best that I can and, and help the team in, in the way that I can. And um just yeah, I just wanna be playing and I wanna be playing well. I wanna, you know, find that consistency um and make sure that, you know, I'm I'm I am consistent and I'm and I'm playing well and I think for me, that's that's probably the main goal, just to to make sure I'm I'm keeping my place in the team and just to to keep improving and keep learning. Uh, in terms of away from the pitch, we were having a wee chat before we started recording. You've popped up in the the commentary booth 
uh, at least once um, with friend of the podcast, Stuart. Um, I'm curious to get your opinion on it as somebody who is, as I say, like at the forefront of this kind of next next wave of, of Scottish talent and women's football is kind of globally as well. In terms of the kind of media coverage at the moment, it's obviously on the up and up. We are recording this a few days after the, the big announcement around the WSL and the, the TV deal there. How, how do you feel like, what level of exposure do you think you get to women's football at the moment in terms of how easy you find it and, and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, you know, it's grown so much since since I was grown up. I think, you know, when I was grown up, it was, I'd always watch the men's football because it was it was quite hard to try and find a women's game on. And it was like, it, it wouldn't be on the TV. You'd have to go onto a website or you'd have to do this or that. And and it was quite difficult to to be able to see these to see these players and sort of to have these role models because you weren't able to see them or you didn't know enough about them. Um, so I think that's probably why, you know, uh, when you ask favourite players and things like that, a lot of them go to the men. Whereas nowadays, if you ask, you know, young girls who, who their favourite footballers are, they are female, which, you know, is, is, is so amazing to see. And um, I think that the coverage now is, is getting a lot better than certainly what it was. And obviously, uh, BBC Alba are now showing um, showing our games I think one a week and um, having this is you know it is it's really exciting and it allows um, easier access to to younger girls and um, just to girls in general to to watch you know the women's football and um, so they're able to have favourite players and to have role models that that are female and I think it's it's so important that, that that's a thing and obviously. You said with the WSL, um, with the Sky Sports deal, and um, yeah, I think it's it's really exciting, and it's so good that that we're able to watch and and easily watch watch women's football now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tell you what, we've talked lots about. Oh, in fact, one other question actually on that: do, do you like being behind the mic? Like when you is it something you enjoy doing? To be fair, it is. Like um, when I first sort of um, was offered to to do it, I kind of thought. Oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if I'd be very, I'd be very good being able to to talk about it. But um, so it was. I was a wee bit nervous because it was, it was pretty outside my comfort zone. But I thought, you know what? It's it's an opportunity, and I I, I want to take it. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think I've done it. I think I've done it two or three times now. And um, I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, of, of doing it. So it's 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 something different. And um, instead of instead of playing the game, and I think it's good for me as well to to be able to watch the game and, and to be able to learn um, more about it as I'm watching it and um, to see how other teams play and to, to watch other players. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a good opportunity to be able to, to see these games and, and give my opinion on them. And I think um, it certainly gave me the confidence to, you know, to, to, to go on. And um, as I said, it was, it was pretty outside my comfort zone at first, but you know, I ended up really enjoying it. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I enjoy and, and, and hopefully I'll be able to, to do it again. Do you think it's important that people like yourself and obviously maybe in a, a kind of more well-known scale like people like Leanne and, and Gemma Faye and Julie Fleeting, do you think it's important that these female voices are out there kind of covering not just the women's game but the men's game in, in Scotland as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, years ago it was sort of unheard of um, for, for women to be commentating especially on on male sport um but I think it's it's so good to see that 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 these these women are getting the opportunity to to do that and to have their voice and to 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 voice their opinion I think is so important and again um it gives sort of the younger generation and, and especially females you know the opportunity to see 
and to explore what, what they can do. And, and it gives them an oppor opportunity to see the chances that, that they have when, when they grow up as well. And, you know, some people will, will get into that straight away instead of, you know, not they don't always have to play football as if they just enjoy watching it. And, you know, they can go straight into sort of a career in, in the media or in football, which is, you know, maybe they, they didn't see or they didn't know they had the opportunity to do that before. Absolutely. I'm a, a big advocate of having more female voices involved, which is why we're speaking to you just now as well, which is lovely. <laughs> but let's let's get away from football. Well, I'll, I'll veer away from football a little bit. Let's have some uh, some fun to round out the podcast. We'll do some quick fire questions with you. Um, so okay. nothing nothing controversial. I'm not going to ask you political <laughs> allegiances or anything like that. Not going to do that to you. Um, but let's start nice and simple. Who's the best player that you've played with? Oh, played with, played with. That's a good. That's a good question. I think, as I said at Hibs, I had the opportunity to train with um, the first team quite a few times. So, um, the likes of you know Abby Harrison, Kirsty Smith, uh, Lisa Robertson, um, Jenna Five, players like that who I've obviously done done really well for for Scotland and for their clubs as well. And obviously, like said Abby, who's playing in the WSL right now, and I think. Um, even there, just at such a young age, I, you know, I learned so much from them. So I'd say probably those sort of players were the best that I've, I've been able to train with and play with. Perfect. And what about player you best player you've played against? Who's been your toughest opponent? To be fair, I, I always find um, playing against Sarah Ewans is, is difficult. I think she's such a good player and such a good striker. And, um, you know, I think she probably deserves more recognition than, than, than what she gets. Um, I think she's she's one of the best players in the league and is such a top talent. And yeah, she's she's pretty difficult to play against. Are you a sweet or a savoury person? I probably should say savoury, but I'm I'm definitely a sweet person. Ah, you can say sweet. That's, that's yeah. I'm not I'm not going to take one everybody, so it's all good. Perfect. Have you got, <laughs> have you got like a, a favourite favourite snack then? A favourite like thing? Um, think about it as like a cheat day thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously not not all the time, yeah. but um. Kind of anything for me, really. To be fair, I, I do have quite a, a, a sweet tooth. Obviously, um, as I said, not not all the time, but certainly on a on a wee cheat day, I'll, I'll have, you know, whatever it is. It's it's just anything really. I I'm not I'm not too fussy. To be fair, are you chocolate or jelly? Because I I'm a, I'm a big believer that you should never mix it. Because you know, pick and mix, you can get chocolate. I don't you don't mix it too. That's, that's no. Um, I I I totally agree with that. I think. I feel like I could probably have jelly more often. I think chocolate, I need to be I need to be in the mood for it. But I think, yeah, jelly is just easier anytime. Perfect. Okay, I've got another question for you. This is chocolate-based, though, so I apologise. Okay. But <laughs> question I always try and ask. I got really bad at remembering to do it, but I've been, been getting better recently. Um, <laughs> Turrets make four products, which is the caramel wafer, the caramel log, the tea cake, and the snowball. If you could only pick one, which one would it be? Ooh. I think I'm tea cake, you know. I you think I am. Okay, I, what's, I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy a good tea cake. Are you uh, somebody who does anything? You know, people do mad things with the wrapper. Are you? Mm -hmm. Or do you just do you just crunch it? Don't care. To be fair, I do. I actually, I'm quite weird that way. I do like after it. I do like. I don't know what I do, but I can like like to think that I can do a bit of origami with it. I definitely can't, but I certainly try it every time. I don't ever get any better, but I certainly do try it. Cool. Uh, what's in your Spotify playlist at the moment? I'm listening to right now. <laughs> to be fair, you know how everyone says like 
oh, I've got such a varied taste. Like, I love everything. <laughs> I, I genuinely think I do. Like, I'll, I'll shuffle my playlist one minute, like, country will come on, the next minute will be rap. But I am, I must admit, I am quite, I'm quite an old music fan. Like, I always say to them, I'm like, I think I've, I've, I've been brought up in the wrong year. I think, <laughs> like, sort of 80s, 90s R&B is, is I think, my favourite my favorite genre, to be fair. Nice. So, uh, you're a big fan of Kiss FM. That's kind of... That that's of stuff. it. Yeah. Is there that's anything you, is there anything that you try and avoid? Like you. To be fair, I don't actually think there is. I think uh, I, I I like songs from sort of every sort of genre. There's not one that I hate. I, I probably don't listen to to much sort of like sort of the the electronic sort of like dance music. I'm probably not not a massive fan of that. Fair enough. I am, but you know that's. Different generations in that, so that's exactly. okay. That's all right. What about uh, like box sets? Do you, you watch anything at the moment? Anything on the TV that you're you're big into? To be fair, I have. Um, Rachel Harrison was telling me to. She was always talking about Line of Duty, and obviously the new the new series is just out, but I haven't watched it yet. So I'm sort of trying to stay off like social media in case it ruins it for me. But I have just started Line of Duty, and I am I'm enjoying it. So I'm I'm making sure that she doesn't like spoil it for me. So whenever she starts talking about, it, I like I'm walking away like that. I was like, you can't, you can't ruin it, you can't ruin it for me. But I have just started that, so I'm, I'm quite enjoying that. Yeah, I, have, I think, I don't think I've met anybody who doesn't like Line of Duty. It seems to have just taken over the the world at this point. Exactly. Yeah. We were talking about it at football, and I was like, should I, should I start it? And they were all like, yeah. Like every everyone that I've I've, I've talked about it to has, has said they loved it. So I thought, you know, I better give it a try. Perfect. Okay, last question for you. Spartans go on an absolute dream run and end up winning the title this season. You're, now, bearing in mind you're 17 at the moment, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so this has to be a PG night out. So <laughs> bear in mind, um, you're put in charge of the title celebrations. What happens in the night out? What do you do? Where do you go? To be fair, I'm, I'm saying like we keep it simple. We, uh, we just have everyone, I don't know where, just anyone, even if it's at someone's house or at, at the upstairs at Inzy Park, we just have everyone in, turn the music on, and just and just enjoy it. Get some food, order some food in, and just and just enjoy the the, the celebrations. That's what I'm saying. Nice, nice and safe as well. I do enjoy yeah. the uh, the mince pies at uh, Ainsley Park. It's one of the things there that we're looking get, forward to. When I can we'll get, get back. we'll get those out. We're sorted. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's been wonderful talking to you. No, thank you very much. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you very much for listening. If you are, um, please tell everybody about it and share it and subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Uh, but for now, um, go watch the SWPL. Season starts 4th of April. That's why we're doing all these podcasts and articles just now. So go make sure you get it watched. But uh, for now, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we will speak again soon. It doesn't make me-